Welcome to Ion Franchising. Are you looking for business opportunities? Well, you are in the right place. We represent over 650 franchises and business opportunities. We will help you find your perfect franchise for free. We even have a free assessment on our website that will help us determine what the best business is for you based on your investment level, mindset, skill set, and life experiences. This is Ion Franchising, where we share our vision for your franchise future. I'm your host, Lance Growlick. Each week, we will speak to fascinating folks from the world of franchising, franchisors and founders, franchise funders, and franchisees. Are you looking to find your perfect franchise? Or perhaps you are an independent business owner looking to grow and scale your business by setting up a franchise. Either way, our team can help you. Ion Franchising, where you will learn the A to Zs of franchising. Welcome, everyone. And uh, here we are, another great episode of Ion Franchising. I'm your host, Lance Gralick. Today, we have two very special guests. Of course, we have two very special guests. Let's get to those intros. The first guest we have, uh, I have a lot of notes in front of me. There's a lot of good stuff here. So, she has been in the franchise industry for over 20 years. She's been a multi-unit franchise owner in France. Yes, in France. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It's about all I know. She helped build, it was actually Curves. Curves is a, is a great fitness brand. She helped build Curves to 150 clubs in France. She co-founded and developed her own beauty line. Boy, she was busy. And launched that franchise system. And then by 2016, she found her home at Neighborly Brands as the VP of Franchise Development for two brands. Mr. Handyman is what we're going to talk about today, as well as Glass Doctor. Emmanuel Hardy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lance, for having us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Very, very much appreciated. And the next guest, he's a foodie that loves to cook. And after college, he joined Domino's Pizza in management, and he spent 34 years with Domino's and nine of those years as a multi-unit franchise owner with 13 locations. In 2012, he left the QSR industry, for those of you who don't know, that's quick service restaurant industry, and began working in home services, in the home services space as the VP of Ops at Mr. Handyman, and soon thereafter, president of Mr. Handyman, which we're going to be talking about today. Welcome to the show, J.B. Sassano. Thanks so much, Lance. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for being here. Our pleasure. So the first question of the day, let's get to backgrounds, all right? I gave a little bit of highlights of what you, know, what you both did and how you really sort of got to where you are. But Emmanuel, let's start with you. France, United States, how did this all happen? And uh, let's talk franchising. You know, how did you get to where you are today? Well, great question. Um, the U.S., first of all, just to learn English. So it's been uh, 27 years I've been here. So I always joke that I'm still learning. That's why I'm still here. And then France, because after being here for 10 years, I just wanted to uh, have an adventure and go back and see what would happen. So I came across Curves. And like many people in franchising, came across franchising totally by accident. I had no clue what it was. I, you know, like in some ways, I, I wish I was still as naive as I was back then. But 
decided, you know, after doing my due diligence, I decided to take a leap and and, and give it a, a shot. And certainly was a, a a great, great time developing this, those brands. You know, you mentioned a lot of people essentially fall into franchising. People don't necessarily wake up in the morning and say, I'm getting into franchising. So what was it that really appealed to you about uh, franchising in general? Well, you know, back then, so I was looking at, 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 at this fitness concept in particular. What I loved was that I had no idea, uh, you know, how to start a business. I loved having the blueprint. I love having the guidance, the coaching, my weekly calls with my uh, my mentor who would tell me, okay, now you do this and that. And and frankly, without that, I can't imagine being successful. Uh, yeah. Some of my friends call me an entrepreneur and I kind of, you know, think I'm a hybrid. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> but with the blueprint, with the recipe like you, you guys like. I love it. I love it. And JB, how about you? The recipe was pepperoni. We already know that. <laughs> it was. I started the Domino's straight out of college. and They only had 225 stores at the time. Worked the corporate side of the business for about five years. And then through a various promotion, started working with both corporate and franchise. And that's when it really piqued my interest about franchising. And then from there, I actually worked all franchisees and international for 17 years. So that was where I really learned what it was to be about well, both the corporate side and the franchise side. And really got the bug that I wanted to be my own franchisee. So halfway between my two international trips, I ended up buying 10 stores in and around the Charlotte area. Wonderful. So how did that happen all of a sudden? Let's just buy 10 stores. Were they all existing stores or you got a development agreement? They were all existing stores. It was a franchisee that had all the stores around the Charlotte area. So it was out around the Charlotte Metro and he had 10 he wanted to sell and some silly bank lent me the money and I said, let's go. You know, so so that brings up something. It's amazing how much leverage uh, a lot of franchisees, especially new franchisees, have. Clearly, the bank lo loved your resume. You had experience not only in the food business, but with the actual brand you were buying. So they lent you the money. Yeah, it, it was. You know, it's a bit of a process, but you know, if you get into a brand that has great uh, historical values, they're actually more inclined to lend you some of that money. And that really yeah. is, speaks a lot about choosing the right franchise that you join. Love it. Love it. Well, let's dive into Mr. Handyman. So, by the way, I was in Florida not that long ago. Well, I guess it was. It was several months ago. It was during Halloween. And I remember seeing Mr. Handyman. I think it was on the Today Show. There was something about power tools and pumpkins and <laughs> carving pumpkins. And there it was, Mr. Handyman, prime time. Yeah, that was a blast. We've been doing that for about seven consecutive years. We actually had to do one of them virtually when COVID was here for one year. But we just show folks it is really easy. If you've got a few of the smaller power tools at your house, you can have a lot of fun and doing it safely. Make sure you don't cut off a finger. But it, it's always fun to do that show. No pumpkins were harmed in the creation of that episode. No, no. <laughs> Let's talk about what is Mr. Handyman. I think it's fairly obvious to most folks. But let's let's talk about it. It's a home services brand, and uh, Emmanuel, why don't you uh, take the first part of this? Sure. So, what's Mr. Handyman? It's really focusing on the small jobs, right? The two hours uh, to two days type of uh, projects that you have around your house, and we all know that we found a lot with the last couple of years staying at home. We found tons of projects to do, uh, hanging those shelves, or you know, fixing the door, or all those little things. That's really our core focus. 
Got it. And and JB, you know, Mr. Handyman, as long as you've been there, when you look at why a handyman franchise exists, I mean, is it the average household is typically like me? I know my dad and I, we try to do projects together, but at the end of the day, it's like, I wish we knew a handyman. That's absolutely one of the main reasons why around for people trying to do it themselves. Certainly as generations have passed along, it's getting less and less that the people, the younger people know what to do, let alone have the tools to do that. But it is those DIY jobs that get by that they call in the experts. And that's really what it's about, bringing in somebody to your home that you can trust, to be around your property, bring around your, your family, uh, and really to do those things that you're not capable of doing. And what are the average, what are the typical average, sort of the average ticket, the average job? I mean, is the average job putting that darn flapper in the toilet for people? Or I think I figured that out by now, but I just never exactly do it right. But some people listening and it'll be like, really? The guy doesn't know how to do that? <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of drywall work, a lot of carpentry work. Our average job is about you know just under four hours. And so our average ticket's just about $600. $600. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And who do you look for, Emmanuel? Who do you look for in a franchisee? How do you know when you've found, I mean, describe the process. The obvious is a franchise broker like myself or through your own sources or resources, you get a lead and you have a first call with them. Explain the process a little bit and who you're really looking for. Well, we're looking And who for- you're not looking for. <laughs> We're not looking for the true handyman who only wants to get busy using his or her hands and doing work, right? We, we're looking for true entrepreneurs. We're looking for business owners. If they have the knowledge and the passion around, you know, working with the tools, great. But this is really not necessary. Everyone understands what a handyman does. And we're looking for people who will be able to grow their, their team, to grow their business, uh, to expand that way and to really be the uh, you know, the leader of their team. Perfect. And let's talk about the qualities and traits of I'll kind of throw it the other direction. If you think of the top 10% of high performers, this is a, a JB and Emmanuel question. You think of the top 10% of high performers in the Mr. Handyman system today, what are the common traits that they all have? So great question. What we typically look for, what typically makes somebody successful, is one staying within the business model, right? Staying with the, the processes and procedures, uh, being passionate about what you're doing, and being able to be the face of the business, both with your team members and with the consumers. Wonderful. Emmanuel? I agree with that. The other thing, too, though, uh, we, we have probably about 500 of those owners across all the neighborly brands. So maybe about 10%, but veterans are also a great a great type of owners just because they are used to processes and they're used to implementing what we engage them or encourage them to, to implement. Yeah, my, my last numbers that, well, that I saw, about 14%, 15% of franchise owners are veterans. Yeah, I think we're a little bit higher here in this training. I think we're probably closer to 24, 25%. Wow. That's that's absolutely fantastic. And, and Emmanuel, like you said, people in the military understand following systems and standard operating procedures, of course. And, you know, it's been proven that people like order. They like tidiness, if you will. They like organization. There's nothing more difficult. I have people all the time that say to me, 
you know, I don't know if I want that franchise or this franchise. And, you know, why don't I just start a franchise on my own? Not a franchise, but a business on my own. Forget the franchise. So go right ahead. You'll be all by yourself having to struggle, wondering about, well, how do you market? And how do you compete with neighborly brands? <laughs> how do you compete? So let's talk about neighborly in general. Neighborly is, uh, last I checked, over a $3 billion a year company. So talk about that a little bit. So Neighborly really is it's a group of home service brands. I think we're in, in 17 different brands that we do. And a lot of times they're all complementary. Even though Mr. Hangman is what we do, sometimes we're much broader than the other brands. But they typically do the things that we are not licensed to do. And we typically do the things that they don't want to do, the smaller things that they don't want to roll their trucks for. So it really is anything under the home. We try to provide that professional service to the consumer. Got it. So when it comes to, let's get back to the process. How do people really decide? I, I mean, with all of the options and the thousands of franchise brands out there today, when, when it comes to home services, you guys mentioned, you both mentioned so far regarding like passion. S certainly some people have a passion for something in particular, you know, in the food business, people have a passion for food. We all eat, I think. So logically, people somehow think that that's a business that they should be in. When it comes to the handyman space or home services in general, I would imagine plenty of your people are just passionate about money and, and helping people and making a difference. How do you sort of distinguish the difference? And what are your, what are your thoughts on that subject? Because uh, again, people might not have a passion for the the handyman space, but they have a passion for being their own boss. I think that's exactly right. I think being able to provide solutions to people to bring new things that they can't do and make their lives even better around the house, provide them more time to spend with their family and likes interacting with the people. Those is probably number one versus I like to do things with my hand. I like to use the tools. It's really more about providing those solutions to the consumers. Right. Emmanuel, anything to add to that? No, it's really, uh, you know, those of our owners who are really successful are the ones that are uh, that, that care. You know, they want to make a difference. They want to be helpful. They want to do good for their community and they want to do good for their clients. Now, let's talk about the number of franchise owners you have today. Are they, are most of them, like you said, you're not necessarily looking for people to turn the wrench. You're looking for people that are more the empire builders that'll be the executive level owners, but still have their fingers on the pulse of things. So most people own more than one territory or what? what's the situation there? Yeah, across North America, we have 187 franchisees and we have over around 310 territories. So about 60% of the system own more than one territory. Got it. Wonderful. So let's, let's get back to the process. So they come into your process to learn more. And Emmanuel, when they eventually get to you, describe the process when you, you know, the franchise disclosure document is, you know, franchising is regulated by the federal government. Some people listening or might be getting caught up to speed on these types of things. So at some point when somebody gets your franchise disclosure document, take us through that process and beyond. Sure. So, you know, at Neighborly, we use what we call the mutual evaluation process, right? It has to be a mutual uh, agreement to be successful. As much as I love the franchise disclosure document, because I think it puts some framework around the partnership, it's a hard document to digest, right? Ours is about 300 pages when you account for all the information on neighborly. So I usually like to walk my candidates through 
what it is to be a Mr. Handyman owner and really dissect that document so that when they actually look at it, uh, there's no surprise, right? And it doesn't look as dry as it might appear at first. Well, I'm sure they appreciate that because it can be quite dry. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So after the FDD delivery review process and they want to continue on, what's the next step in the process? Well, we want to make sure they talk to our owners, right? It's one thing to talk to us at the home office, but we want them to talk to those who would become their peers if they were to to join in Mr. Hinneman and be awarded a franchise. So this is very important to find people that might have similar backgrounds or be in a similar market or have similar personalities so that they can see if they have what it takes to be successful in, in our business. It's always interesting to me that people, when they get into a franchise, the average person, they might not realize that they have this brotherhood and sisterhood, if you will, uh, of existing franchisees to rely on that have been exactly where they have been in this process. And, and you really kind of buddy up. And I, and I think that's so valuable, that, that sort of system of best practices. And I can't say it enough, the old, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. We could not agree more at uh, Mr. Handyman. And this particular network is full of amazing individuals who are literally here. We were talking earlier about the desire of the owner to help their clients. There is also a strong desire to support each other. And what I've seen over the last five years as Mr. Handyman is something that I've rarely seen in franchising over my last 30, 20 years. That's awesome. JB, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think when you, the validation part is really important because one, you're going to find out the culture of the system by speaking to the other franchisees. The other franchisees can share with you information about their financials that we couldn't. And also be able to tell you, what kind of support do I get from the home office? So if you're not asking these questions, you're leaving a lot of unanswered questions on the table. So that validation process is really critical in helping you see if this is something right for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the most common, one of the most common questions in validation is, so you actually make money, you're happy. (laughs) And they're going to say, well, sure, of course. I have, you know, I bought an extra territory, whatever it might be. So how do you know when somebody is not right for Mr. Handyman when you're interviewing them in the process? What are the the triggers or red flags that you're like, I don't think this person's going to work? Yeah, for me, there's a couple things. One is, is they're saying, I have all the right ideas. Here's what I'm going to do when I become a franchisee. <laughs> and it's not what we are as a model. So if they're not listening, they're not saying I would be able to understand and follow the model. That's kind of the biggest red flag. Um, and, and the other one is, like I said, uh, not listening at all. Someone that continually talks, they can't listen and understand the customer's needs. Therefore, they're going to have a tough time generating the business. Makes perfect sense. Emmanuel, I'm sure you've had several of those people come through. Definitely. Uh, And so what JB just touched on is absolutely key to be a strong franchise owner. And also what I look for in our candidates is their ability to to be good at customer service, right? One little detail, if their voicemail is unprofessional, first thing, right? Uh, So those little details, we pay attention to all that because it it is going to be important as a business owner. You know, you mentioned unprofessional and it's interesting in the independent world, not to knock independent business owners, 
because most franchises at one point started off as an independent business. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the big things in any business, franchise versus independent. It seems like the franchisors have put so much thought into the process of how do we get back to customers timely? How do we invoice customers? All these things that on an independent basis don't get done as smoothly or, or easily. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And, and the thing is, when you start a business, and that's true for franchise owners as well, you just don't know what you don't know. Right. right? So if you start a business on your own, you don't realize that some small details might be very important for the customers. But we know that because we do a lot of research on what our customers are looking for and what they are expecting. So, so we know how to guide our owners for their best practices. Yeah. So let's talk about technology a little bit more, especially on the marketing side of things. As a Mr. Handyman franchisee, what kind, talk about marketing, because I know that's a big thing. That's sort of that bonus category, if you will, joining any of the neighborly brands on the marketing side. You know, if you're on your own, you have to figure it all out. What, what, is, what do they get joining Mr. Handyman? Well, certainly they're going to get professional websites. They're going to get professional advice. They're going to get vendors that's provided by our procurement on ProTradeNet. It helps them say, here's some great vendors that can help you with SEO, can help you with you know, pay-per-click. All these things that you don't have to figure out on your own. And the other thing about technology, we continually update our technologies. So that's another thing people will have to figure out on. What's the latest and greatest thing? What's the consumer want today and tomorrow? And how do we get there quickly? Love it. Emmanuel, anything to add to that? The key of being part of Neighborly as well is that we have as many more resources for marketing. Right? So we can look across different brands and say, hey, this is working for Glass Doctor. Let's see if it's going to work for Mr. Handyman or maybe for Molly Maid. Or... So we can really share a lot of uh, good feedback from all the brands, but yeah. also doing cross-marketing you know, across the brands. This is huge for us. I um, love that. I was about to mention that because I, I heard that not too long ago uh, about Neighborly is that cross-marketing. So explain that a little bit. So I'm opening a location in Nebraska where there never was, let's say, a Mr. Handyman, maybe there is. You know, you have already a customer list from multiple other brands that, of yours that are already established in that area. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the benefits. You can have access to that customer database as far as you can use that to say, hey, now I'm part of the Neighborly family. I'm one of the other brands that are out here. So it gives you a really a high kickstart, which is really critical because everyone has to start as quick as they can to get their money coming back in. And we also do a lot of co-branding together. There may be three or four brands that are better suited to team up on a marketing piece so they can go together to the printer, get some synergies and efficiencies there and, and market together. I love that. Yeah. JB, you just hit on something else, the ramp up. A lot of people that I speak to ask the question, well, how, how long until I make money? And we know that we can't give that very specific answer. It obviously depends on a lot of factors. However, you guys know if, if that question was asked to you know any of your franchisees, I guess a smart prospect candidate, so to speak, would be able to figure out what that answer is. But at the end of the day, with your marketing machine that you have, I think it's fair to say you have the ability to ramp up pretty quickly when you have customer lists. So talk a little bit about that in general. 
Yeah, it's certainly there's a couple of things there. One, what's the demand out there? Right now, the demand for handyman services is off the charts. The other thing is, are you going to consistently invest in your marketing to continue to drive those new customers in so you can turn them into repeat customers? Because it's that repeat customers that brings you the profitability. So our goal is really to have all the owners cash flow profitable within the first year. And But that takes a bunch of different things. They have to have at least three vans to do that up and running. They can continually invest in the marketing and continue to be driving the business forward. Yeah, but I like how you just gave the answer to that formula. You have to have three vans. There's certain things that you already know, obviously, based on experience that needs to happen. No, absolutely. We have all kinds. Of, that's one of the big things about the Mr. Handyman system. We have all kinds of metrics that we use to help people understand where they are and what they need to do to move those levers, pull those different levers to drive the business forward. Love it. Let's talk about training. So I know the owner themselves do not have to be some technical wizard that knows how to do everything. However, how does training work in something that can be so technical? Because I might want to do a Mr. Handyman, but I'm not very handy. I'm good at everything else, just not the actual, that work part. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what we look for in an owner. If someone that can do stuff sometimes get tied down doing this stuff. We want someone that knows enough about how to do things so that when they have their own technicians, they can understand whether they're telling them the truth or not. So they can understand. So our handyman people hire the people that do the physical work and they do the oversight of those folks. So how does that actually work? Is there a mix of on-site training versus, you know, online training? Uh, I'm sure there's all kinds of manuals, but some of this stuff you have to have, you have to see being done uh, a certain way. There's clearly a sort of a secret sauce or proprietary methodologies that handyman, Mr. Handyman's using uh, versus just, you've got to be a standard for doing certain things is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, from a skill side, there is some standards, there's best ways to do drywall. But if you ask seven technicians, they're going to give you seven different answers. So we really work with franchisees to understand the business piece of it. You know, how do you provide an, an estimate over the phone or how do you provide that validation to close the job. So we work mostly on those soft skills as well as get them to understand the P&L, what's going on with that. And the technical training, that's something they, they hire that expertise. We can teach them how to work with those technicians. But we can't really say, here's the Mr. Handyman way of doing the drywall. We do have a Mr. Handyman way of how do I work with a customer? What are the 13 gotcha. steps that I use, but not how to fix something? Emmanuel, anything to add to that? No, I think you really touched on uh, the key points, which is really leading the business and, and having good. a good understanding of the work overall. Good, good, good. So let's talk a little bit more about why Mr. Handyman, when you look at all the other franchises, you look across the neighborly brands, how do you guys really distinguish personality-wise between any of your brands, 17 brands? Um, do you do you share at times you might have a great candidate and, and say, you know what, we really don't have the territory for you at Mr. Handyman that you're looking for. But, you know, Window Genie does or, you know, Glass Doctor does or whatever it might be. What, what do you how do you handle that? It's got to be a, a fun thing to keep somebody within the family. Right. A lot of our candidates are driven to us through neighborly. Right. They are 
they like the idea of the shared resources, of the partnerships, of the friendships with the other brands. So through the conversations, obviously, we get to know our candidates. And that helps us if there is, you know, a territory or something that doesn't work out at some point, it's easy to refer to another brand. And, and that does happen, uh, you know, quite often. Got it. JB, you were going to add to that? Yeah, I just think there's also we have several of our franchisees have multi different brands underneath one umbrella. And we have probably 10 franchisees and Mr. Hanneman that own another Navy brand as well. That was going to be another question I was going to ask. It just seems logical because once you're in the family, it's hard not to, because again, you can share your own customers in your market. Yeah, it's shared customers. There's some synergies in the space. So that really helps out a lot, but it really is trying to figure out they are different animals. So it's not as easy as plug and play but we're getting more and more successful at it. Yeah. But you have how many people in your marketing department? Last I heard there's hundreds of people, a hundred plus people, I don't know, 150 just in your marketing department. If you're already an existing franchisee, then clearly there's a beautiful synergy. You're already familiar with the system. So whether it's Mr. Handyman or Window Genie, uh, sure, it's it's different, but it's not like going from Domino's to McDonald's. I'm not quite sure about the, the, the number you were talking about, but certainly the, there's a, a digital team and then there is a you know marketing team and each brand has their own. This is my source, JB. I can't reveal <laughs> who my source is, but you know, you That's do okay. three. You're not, close, not yeah. sources, I believe it, but no, there, there's a lot of support for a lot of things, but each brand has their two, one or two or three specific marketing folks for that brand. Got it. So I use the hashtag a lot, changing lives and others similar to that, because that's what franchising certainly can be. You know, when you think of a, a few Mr. Handyman franchisees, I'm sure a few come to mind. You don't have to reveal names, but I, I got to imagine that when you see somebody that maybe had a few bucks, got into Mr. Handyman and is now essentially set for life, has that financial freedom, gets to support generations of their family to you know support their dreams. You got to feel pretty good about that. Absolutely, 100%. That's what we're in business for. I mean, for me, it's personally, it's to help somebody grow that business, achieve their dreams, because uh, that's amazing. Because yeah, most of folks don't come in with a lot of money. They come in with just enough money to make sure they get up and running fine, with enough spare money and keep something took a little longer. But in the, then it's really just building that business to a level, like you said, they can either have a different lifestyle if they want, pass it on to one of their children, or at the end of the day, maybe walk away and sell it for a great profit. Yeah. Emmanuel, anything to add to that one? No, absolutely agree. And that's what I love when we have our reunion every fall, we get together with all the neighborly brands, uh, all the franchise owners. And it's just really fun to see all these people who took a chance on themselves, first of all, and have become so successful with, with the, the, the brands they're, they're with. And I was yeah. going to say as well, for us working at the home office, there's nothing more rewarding than getting those thank you notes, you know, at the end of the year, or, you know, I remember getting some at Thanksgiving and, and, and being thanked for helping them make the decision to join the, the network and being successful. That's awesome. Well, before we wrap up, I had one other thought. When it comes to your owners and your annual reunions, you know, is there something in common in their history? I know, generally speaking, it's it's always wonderful to see that most franchise brands have people from all walks of life. You know, it could be a teacher, could be an insurance agent, could be a lawyer, 
accountant, truck driver. It's amazing that people come from all walks of life. Is that still the case with Mr. Handyman franchisees? I would say yes. Yeah. It's always funny how that how that goes. It's the, the beauty of franchising uh, because people come with their own experience, their different background, and it's so much richer than if everyone came from the IT world or banking or whatever that might be. Absolutely. So what did I miss today? Anything else? Any final thoughts for today? Uh, again, for us, I think one of the biggest things is our franchise body. It is the most collegial, collaborative, and caring group of owners that we have. Uh, as Emmanuel said earlier, uh, she has a 20 years in the, in the business. I have 40 something years in franchising. It is such a special place. It's really a family culture that's created here. That's awesome. Emmanuel, final thoughts? Could not agree more. Uh, and, and that's why I, I love franchising uh, because of the support. And I, I always tell our candidates, uh, if you join the network, you'll get a, over a hundred friends instantly. I love it. I love it. Well, you guys have been fantastic. I'm glad you shared everything about your story and Mr. Handyman today. And thank you for being here. And thank, thank you, you so much us. for inviting us. Take care. Talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you very much for listening today. Please like, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss anything here at Ion Franchising. Visit our website at ionfranchising.com. E-Y-E-O-N franchising.com and complete our free assessment so we can assist you in finding your perfect franchise. This is Lance Gralick. Until next time.